I will never write a single line which I have not first felt in my own heart. He'll teach you everything! Truer words were never spoken. All right. Language and writing were made available. I'm writing this down. This is good stuff. Oh man, I'm John. This is John Helps You Write Better. Let's get to the writing better of stuff. Here we go. Today, I want to specifically address all the writers who have admitted or who feel or who flat know but deny that they're not that serious or that they could be more serious. I want to talk seriousness today. We started yesterday. I want to dive deeper today. So if you're somebody who knows you're serious about your work and you've never doubted that, you've never had a moment of, eh, I'm not trying my best. You've always gone 1,000 million percent, never been tired, never been burnt out, never skipped a day because you got a case of the I don't want us. You've always given it your all every time, a thousand times forever. If you're one of those people, take the day off. I'll talk to you next week. If you're not, if you're somebody who's suffered from doubt, if you're somebody who's been a little less serious than you should have been, if you're somebody who's skipped a few days, if you're somebody who's been like, ah, fuck it, this is too hard, I'll, I'll, I'll make some bullshit up, if you're somebody who's given in to all the temptations when you should have sat down and put your ass in the chair, if you're one of those people, well, this one's for you. When I talk about seriousness, I don't mean you have to like, wear your nicest old-timey clothes and sit at a typewriter and not stare at the clock and just bash keys until genius comes out. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about the fact that a serious writer writes one draft and it's flawless. It has nothing to do with flaws or flawlessness. It has to do with how you approach your work. Do you really truly give a shit about this? It can be fun, You can enjoy doing it. That's not a problem. That's, in fact, really good. We want to enjoy what we do because we're going to spend a lot of time doing it. But what's your end goal? What do you really, truly want at the end of the day? Now, maybe your answer is, I want money. Maybe your answer is, I want somebody to be able to read my book. Maybe your answer is, I want a specific person to read my stuff. And I want that specific person, be it a parent, a spouse, a partner, an ex, uh, your seventh grade teacher, your sixth grade teacher, uh, your high school bully, whatever. You want that specific person to see you succeed and then be proud of you. I don't know what your reason for writing is. Now, I know we talk about reasons for writing in terms of like, well, I have a burning desire. That's great. That's fantastic. But a burning desire isn't enough because I have a burning desire to learn how to slam dunk. And I got two bad knees and I'm several inches too short. And it's just really difficult for me to do that. I got a burning desire to do a lot of things. But without the follow through, without the commitment, without the practice, without the training, without the effort, burning desire is about as useful as smoke to a goldfish. One of my great regrets, one of my great frustrations is that I talk to a lot of writers who could be very good at this, but they're not serious about it. Here's what I mean. They will sit down and write, and they will write well, but for whatever reason, for whatever kind of reason, they won't go any further. 
Now, they'll have excuses. They'll have reasons. They'll have, maybe sometimes they'll even have both. Oh, I can't go forward. I, I just did this. This thing just happened in my life. Oh, I, I'll come back to you. I have to think about it. Oh, I'm not sure. And really what they're saying is I'm scared. I've got a lot going on and I'm stressed out. And in this particular avenue, in this particular dimension, I'm scared of something. Now, maybe that's fear of failure. Maybe that's fear of rejection. Maybe that's fear that they won't be good enough. Maybe that's fear that they will try and find out that it's a waste of time or whatever. They have some kind of fear. And most of those fears are completely unfounded because I find out about them while they're talking to me. And it is my literal job to be their support system for this, to help them through this, to help them get better, to tell them that it's going to be okay, to show them that they can produce better work that they don't have to be afraid of the reception for. That's my job. That's presumably why we're talking in the first place. But they have this fear, and it's that fear that they don't want to encounter or deal with, so they never go farther than a certain point. Usually, it's a drafting point. And somewhere along the way, even as early as, hey, could you figure out the plot and write down what scenes are in the story? Even at that point, people balk. I never understand it. I don't like it. I, I can't stand it. It frustrates me. Because if you're scared... There's no reason to run away. You can always ask for help. It might take a while to get to the root cause of why you're scared. And some of it might be, you know, a therapeutic need beyond what I as a writing coach can do or handle. But I can tell you that from a writing perspective, you can always train and improve your work and improve yourself to the point where some of these fears can be tackled head on. But there's always going to be that risk. There's always going to be that chance that somebody somewhere doesn't like it. And you have to be okay with that. Part of the seriousness we discuss is the understanding that not everybody has to like what you do or like what you wrote in order for it to be good. Let's use a non-writing example just so that we're clear. Let's suppose you're making dinner for a number of people. Maybe it's a large family, maybe it's a party, maybe it's just we're having some guests over for game night, who knows. And you make a meal that you've tried your best at. Maybe it's a meal you've made before, maybe it's a meal you've like test driven with some with a few people, but now you're doing it on a bigger scale. And and you do your best. You cook the hell out of it. It is as good as you can get it. And you lay it out on the table and say, "Okay, come eat." And you notice that while everybody is eating, not everybody is going back for seconds or thirds or their portions aren't always uniform. Well, that's not your fault. That's not your fault at all. You were serious about your production of the food. You were serious about doing this thing. You were serious about trying. You did everything you could do. It's on other people to decide how big their portion commitment is. It's on other people to decide if they like it. That's, that's a them thing. Your seriousness is independent from the them things, whatever they might be. There's a few. But back to writing we go. You have to be serious about this because this is difficult, and it's supposed to be difficult. What happens to a lot of writers is that they sit down and they start writing knowing very little, if anything, about how to write. You know, they know the language, they know the basics of commas and grammar and stuff from school or something, or just being a very avid reader, and they can write a very messy first draft. 
They've got a couple holes. They've got a couple issues, but they can they can pour their guts onto the page loosely and happily. Everything seems like so much fun. They they do it all the time. They do it on their lunch breaks. They do it with their friends. They do it over here. They do it over there. They do it with a fox in a box, and they can knock it out. And the reason why it feels so good and so freeing and so enjoyable is because there's no stakes. There's no risk. There's nobody else there to judge them. There's no impending future decisions to make. There's no roll of the dice here. It's just, hey, I'm doing this thing for fun. It's hobby writing. And that's fine. That's great. If you never progress past that stage, that is 1,000 million percent okay. The world needs hobby writers just to feel good about themselves. It's marvelous. Good for you. Great. But... If you're somebody who often talks, daydreams, thinks, needs, wants that publication, not even the book advance, just publication, you want your book to be a real thing that other people can read and pay for, then you need to move out of hobby writing, which is scary. But again, your seriousness will fortify you. You'll put your ass in the chair. You'll do, you know, your first draft can be this loose and wild Mr. Toad's ride of 10,000 roller coaster loops as you sort out what the fuck it is your story is. That's great, good for you, wonderful. But it comes time eventually to enforce a structure on yourself and your work. Trim it down to size, get your scenes working in a certain way, sort out what the hell your plot is, sort out who your characters are, make sure your major characters get some kind of arc. Tie things down, make firm decisions, cut away some of the dead weight. You can't take everything with you. Seriousness. And then, once you've shaped the loose clay that was the fun stuff into at least the general idea of the story, then you go back through draft after draft and shape it more into its final form until it's the best you can make it. And again, here's where seriousness gets tested. Because in the course of crafting, in the course of shaping your work, you will find out that it is no longer always fun. Because now there are stakes. And a lot of people, when they encounter the stakes, freak the fuck out and suddenly jam themselves up. They stop. They get paralyzed. They get scared. They find reasons to bail on things. They, they find doubt. They find fear. And really, it's just the fear of what comes next. Well, the good news is you only ever have to look one step ahead, and here's what comes next. I've written my first draft. It was loosey-goosey shit. Now in my second draft, I'm going to sit there and make some decisions. I'm going to trim this and cut this. I'm going to make a note for later to rewrite this scene because I don't think I did a very good job. I'm going to add this. I'm going to take this out. I'm going to make it this way. I'm going to make it that way. And you, you've got the loose shape that you then begin fleshing out and redeveloping and strengthening. And then after that, once you get all those pieces in play, then you move to a more finished, organized draft where you really make sure that you're saying the thing you can the best way you can. And anywhere along this process, all the way back from I have a loosey-goosey idea all the way to this more finished, polished thing, you can get help. You can ask for help. Some of it is even free. Go to johnhelpsyouwritebetter.com and go click the thing to book an appointment and there are free options. You don't always have to shell out thousands of dollars on a wing and a prayer. 
you can always ask for help. And when you're sitting there wondering, oh man, I don't know if I'm doing this right. I just want to make sure it's good enough. I don't want to get rejected. I don't want to be afraid. I don't want to be, you know, a one star failure. Ask for help. It, it's not a sign that you're bad or wrong. It just means you're trying to get better because you have a goal in mind and you're serious about it. Too many writers, too often, are great when there are no stakes. And this is not a reflection on their poverty or wealth as people. This is not a, a sign of them being great humans or not. It's just simply a sign that when there's no pressure against them and there's no restriction on their creativity and there are no rules caging them in and they have to make no important decisions, they can run free. But the minute those boundaries, even self-created boundaries, show up, the minute there are things on the line, the minute where things need to be taken more effectively, they fold. Now, maybe it's because they've never really encountered this kind of pressure. They've never really had a need for discipline to be called on. They've always had a boss or they've always had some other authority figure telling them what to do and how to do it. So they never had to develop self-discipline. But creative things we do, any kind of art, require self-discipline because we are our most effective bosses. And too many people considered that to be like, I don't need to be a boss. I need to be an enforcer. Like, I need to bully myself into doing it. And anytime you get into that situation, you'll never prosper creatively. Too many people, way too many writers, fold at the first sign of needing to make decisions. I, I can't begin to tell you how many times in a given week I encounter it. I don't mean like, oh, hey, John, I need to, to cancel last minute because grandma died. I mean like, the, there's no real reason given. It's just kind of, oh, no, I, I got to cancel. I, I got to cancel. And then they do it again and again, and it, it happens. And it's one thing if you've got, like, an actual issue. Oh, I, I'm sick. I didn't get any writing done. I want to try harder. Like, if you can cop to it, if you can own it, I'm always fine with it. But when you do it just because, and I have to guess the reason... I'm always going to guess that, oh, you're not really serious about this. Either that or you're chicken shit and you won't even flat out tell me that you're scared to go forward or that you're feeling discouraged. That's what I'm left to. That's what you're leaving me. I don't want you to be scared. I don't want you to feel overwhelmed. I want to help you. It's literally my job to help you. The name of the thing you're listening to is John Helps You Write Better. And your seriousness and your need to become more serious is what's going to help you write better. And how do we do that? How do we get more serious rather than just complain about it for 12 or 15 minutes or however long this is? Here's how you develop more serious. Well, I guess it's develop more seriousness. I should, whatever, fuck it. You know what I mean. Here's how you do it. Pick a goal. Not a big, giant, super goal in space. Not I want to sell 20,000 copies. Nope, nope, fuck that. Fuck that. Not going to get you there. Small goal. I want to write this chapter. I want to write this scene. I want to polish this five pages. I want to make sure that my plot works from A to B. I want to make sure that I have all my characters and they have arcs. And I should be able to write them down. Here's this character's arc. 
you know, character comes in, does this, does this, gets challenged here and solves this. It takes place in this scene, scene one, scene seven, scene 15, 16, 17, 22. You, you should know the schematics of your story. Pick a straightforward, achievable goal. I know there's a million other things that need doing. I know, but those will be different goals. For now, just pick one and do it. Even if you're scared, even if you're not sure you're doing it right, do it. We can always refine the technique, and chances are you're going to do it just fine. Because at a small enough level, none of this is really difficult. It just means come up with a list of things. Write it down, map it out, shape it, that kind of stuff. You will always go farther on small goals and small accomplishments than you will with unrealistic giant goals, period. So start making small goals. What else can you do? You can change your language. Like we talked about yesterday. No more, my characters run amok. Oh, my characters, they're just out of control. I have to wait for them to tell me what to do. No, no more infantilizing and avoiding responsibility. You're working on your book. You're writing. You're making decisions. You're serious about this. So you use serious language. You sit down and you. when people go, well, how's it going? Well, good. I'm working on the climax of my story. I'm working on my debut novel. You take ownership of it. You take as much ownership of it as you take over your other things you care about, your other hobbies, your home, your family, things you're proud of. You can own this. And lastly, you can not only do this in a disciplined, consistent way, whether that's once a week, every week, or whether that's every Saturday morning, or whether that's, you know, on your lunch breaks or whatever, you show up consistently. And when you do, you reward yourself. You know, you spend your lunch break writing, yeah, you get to take five minutes and smile and laugh. Or you write every Saturday for a month, then you treat yourself to a nice lunch on a Sunday. You're allowed to set up rewards. You're in charge of you. You can work to rewards. That's totally fine. But please, please understand that seriousness is never going to be given to you by someone else. And it absolutely positively has to come from you. And you can develop it. Or maybe you need to admit that you weren't that serious about it in the first place. There's nothing wrong with that. But you can't have both. You can't want, you know, the accomplishment and pride and the fantasy to come true of being a published author while also never putting in the work and never doing the effort. It can remain a fantasy, but then you're just going to waste, well, frankly, you're going to waste your time and mine when you know you're not really serious and never going to be. It's one thing if you can come and go, hey, I want to be a hobby writer. I want to be the best writer just for myself. Great. I will give you every tool in the toolbox. The same tools I'd give the publishing authors, I'd give to the hobby author. There's no reason not to. But I need you to be serious about what it is you want. Which means my thing I'm leaving you with today is a question, a challenge. Can you be honest with yourself about what you want. Give that some thought, and I'll talk to you next week.